the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Oh, welcome back. It has been a long week, and for all kinds of reasons, not the least being as my microphone won't behave. <laughs> Actually, that is the least reason, now that I think about it. But uh, anyway, hope you guys all had a good week. It's been pretty interesting, actually, all the uh, things that are going on uh, outside of the stock market. and almost like the stock market doesn't know because some categories that have not done as well as the large companies have have started to catch up so that's kind of a, a good trend i like to see that it's pretty awesome especially when you look at the interest rates that are available out there you know the dividend yield on the s p 500 is higher than the average cd yield think about that for a second the dividends on an aggressive growth stock mutual fund or index is higher than most CD rates are right now. <laughs> My question is, why isn't the stock market just flying? And I'm, I'm, I know what the answer is. We've got an election coming up. And market participants, one thing they do not like uh, almost more than anything else in the universe is the fact that there's a uh, a lot of uncertainty. Markets do not like uncertainty. Uncertainty is one of the worst things. You know, they can handle the bad news, and they can handle the good news. It's just not knowing that drives them nuts. And you get people buying and selling and buying, and, and not just big, not people, but you've got big hedge funds with billions of dollars in assets. Doing the same thing, wavering. That's why you see so much fluctuation in markets. And uh, we'll, we'll come back to that a little bit later in the show today. And I did just want to say that I, I am pre-recording this show today. I have a, uh, well, quite frankly, it's my father. He's, he's extremely ill. And I'm going to be spending a lot of time there, have been spending a lot of time. But uh, um, so if you want to call me, you're going to have to actually go to my website and call me there or get the phone number there. You can actually reach out, send a message, and uh, I'll try to get back to you as quickly as I can next week. But uh, 
I did want to talk about, uh, we'll come back to stocks today, but I did want to talk about the same product I've been talking about for quite a while now. And this is, it's actually called a fixed indexed annuity. And anytime somebody hears the word annuity, they, they, a lot of people cringe and believe me, so did I. Uh, all the way up until interest rates got below three and a half percent. When interest rates got below three and a half percent, that changes things a little bit, actually a lot of bit. And so I'm, I want to, I'll start off talking about that in particular, because it, I think it's really important that people understand, you know, I, I, they've heard me for years talk poorly of, of annuities. They heard me for years before that talk positively and pleasantly about them. And it's because they've been changing constantly. In fact, they still change constantly. And right now, the changes that they've made are very attractive given the environment that we're in today. It's a a lot easier to control your risk. Generally, that's the fixed part of of the contract. What is the fixed part? What what does fixed mean? Fixed means exactly what it it says. In fact, what I did was I, I just put an illustration together. If you'd like a copy of it, feel free to email me. I can point you into the direction of the website or send you an actual copy of the illustration. So put an illustration of somebody who's 66 years old today. Why did I use 66? Well, because full retirement age is 67. That's why I used it. And if you put money in there today, a year from now, you can turn on the income stream that you're going to get for the rest of your life. Okay. Now, that's all contingent upon the, the underlying company still being in business for the rest of your life, so you'd better pick good, solid companies that do as much as you can there to, to try to control what we refer to as credit risk. These guys are taking money and they, their ability to pay it back you know, is a credit risk. You're the creditor in that case. The uh, Anyway, if you were 66 years old, you're going to start taking Social Security next year, and you just want to time that up. You put $100,000 in. Next year, the income in this particular product today, by the way, this is going to change. They change fairly frequently. So this is just today, the date 10-3-2020. I'm actually recording it on 10-2. But today, if you put $100,000 in a year from now, you'd be able to take out $5,920 for the rest of your life. That's a guaranteed lifetime income. $5,920. Let me put that into perspective for you. And and I know this is what's really funny. A lot of people don't know a lot about finance. You say, well, you put in $100,000 and a year from now, you'll be able to take out $5,920 for the rest of your life. They go, $5,900, that's it? I'm like, uh, yeah, well, let me put it to you this way. You go buy a CD and it's one of the highest paying CDs in the country at 1%. You're going to get $1,000, not 5900 <laughs> Do you hear what I'm saying? 1000 versus 5900 Now, this is not a CD, and a CD comparison is not a good comparison. The only reason I'm saying that is because that's what people, you know, that, that don't do what I do for a living, and that, that's what they're thinking, and I know that because I talk to them fairly frequently. So when you're looking to get income as an income-producing investment, this is going to be incredibly difficult to match. In fact, that number, 
that return, the 5920 is actually substantially higher than Dalbar claims the average investor has done who's been investing in stocks, bonds, and cash for the past 20 years. It's almost three times higher than the average investor has been able to achieve on their own. Think about that for a second. And see, this is what got my attention. When they started coming out with these products, I started paying attention. I didn't like the products that came before them. Actually, there were some really good products, late 80s, early to mid 90s. They were they were fantastic. Actually, all the way up until about the year, I was about 2003 is when they started getting really expensive. The internal expenses got so high, I just stopped using them. Why? Well, if the internal expense is really, really high, that means there's a whole lot left money, less money left over for you. And it got to the point where I thought, you know what? This is not, it's not worth it anymore. It's not worth it for the tax deferral, even the guarantees that they were going to give you. It wasn't worth it because you're just not going to make much money. Now, this is my first foray back into this product area since then. And it's been a long time. I've been watching it. I've been keeping up with it. That's actually why I'm aware of this. And by the way, the company that I'm dealing with here is one of a, a consortium. There's a bunch of firms that they got together to bring these products out together because they can share the risk that way. Sharing risk, what is that? Well, if you're an insurance company and you have a big book of business out there, you know approximately what your potential losses are. You put, you know what your potential, I can't speak today. You know what your potential gains are. You know what you, uh, so when you have that idea, if you get to a point where You'd like to do more business, but you don't think you can afford to take on more risk. You might sell a book, a piece of your existing business to another insurance company, who we call reinsurance companies, and then they'll give you money. They'll take on that business. They get uh, the profits from that business. Every deal's a little bit different, by the way. But anyway, what you're doing is kind of the same way banks do with CDs now. If a bank wants to make new loans, but they're to their limit, they can go and sell some of the CDs that they have, that, that they are, have requirement or obligations for, and they'll get cash for that, and they can go out and make another loan. So just like this, a reinsurance company, and by the way, that's one of the biggest, most profitable di- uh, divisions of Berkshire Hathaway, the company that Warren Buffett owns. He makes a huge portion of his revenue and profit from reinsurance. It's a good business. If you if you mine the numbers, you really got to mine the numbers. You got to be great with numbers. Anyway, so these guys join this pool to bring these types of products to the general public, and it's a great thing. They recognized that there was an opportunity there, and that's where the, uh, you know, that's actually how capitalism works. Somebody recognizes an opportunity, creates a product to fill that need, and away we go. They'll keep going until a new, a different need arises, and then they'll make changes. So this is the current, um, I guess, model, for lack of a better word, that I think is very, very timely, extremely timely. And I think this is not to be confused with other types of annuities. That That's another thing. If you hear stuff that you want to talk about it, if, if you're not sure, if you have some stuff at home and you want me to take a look at it, feel free, you know, it's what I do. I'll take a look at it. I can explain it to you. 
I can explain to you what you have. Uh, I can explain to you if I think there's something out there that might benefit it. And I'm going to tell you, the last five I looked at, uh, they're better off staying where they were. Absolutely. They would give up some of the benefits that they have, which could not be replaced if they try to replace those annuities. So, yeah, it's a great exercise for me um, because I go through and I look and I'm listening and I'm watching and the things that I'm seeing, I'm seeing are actually pretty accurate because it's happening in the field. And what I'm referring to is how I keep talking to people about the guarantees, not the underlying investments, because you get the better of the two. You get a choice to pick between the guarantee or how the actual investment has performed. And just like I thought they would, the guarantees are higher than the performance on the underlying funds. And so, and why did I feel that way? Well, I've been around the block a few times. That's why. I've only been doing this for 32 years. <laughs> and, uh, you know, over 32 years, you don't even really have to pay that close attention to learn a lot. If you are paying like half attention, you'll learn a tremendous amount, more than most people know. More than most college professors who have no real life experience know. Now, I, I, when I said that, I didn't mean they, that they don't have real life experience. I mean, those that just got their PhDs, <laughs> the ones that went the straight through college. Okay. And uh, so they don't have enough experience yet. They will. And because they're pretty smart, they'll probably get a lot quicker than most of us would. So, but if you were actually paying attention, as much attention to your business as, say, some people pay to their kids, which is kind of what I've done. That means I didn't sleep a whole lot for the first 20 years of my kids' lives. <laughs> yeah, because those first two years of college, boy, those are rough on parents. <laughs> and uh, I always worried about them. But anyway, I just lost my whole train of thought there. Don't get old. <laughs> But uh, I think I should probably start uh, using that Prevagen. Maybe we can get them to sponsor the show. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, guarantees. It's, there are so many good things you can do with this. It's not something, it's not an all, uh, all you know, it's not going to solve all your problems. It's not a one size fits all. It For some people, it's a horrible recommendation. Uh, if you're below the age of, you know, 50, I don't think you've, there's there's probably not a place for you here uh, because I think the stock market's going to do much better over the next 10 to 15 years. But, you know, there's the risk that it doesn't. There's the risk that we repeat another period like the 1970s or uh, 2000 through 2010 or, you know, you go back through another depression where you've got a, more than a 10-year time period and returns negative. That could always happen. And that's one of the risks that you take to try to earn a higher rate of return. To get a higher rate of return, you're going to have to take more risk. And I know that's not what a lot of people want to hear. And I know that's not what a lot of people on Facebook say. Those Facebook people wouldn't be advertising on Facebook if that stuff worked the way they said it does. They would be doing it and not telling anybody about it. <laughs> I hear that a lot. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I hear things like that a lot. I can't tell you how many $3,000 packages I purchased in my career. And this back when $3,000 was worth a lot more money. And uh, I think it was after about the fifth one that I'd purchased, I finally started saying, listen, I, I learned to, to write in C++, bought this $5,000 software package. That was in 1996. 5000 bucks was a lot more money in 1996 than it is today. And then it took me nearly two years to learn how to write the programming to be able to test this stuff. I was determined, <laughs> which, very, which helps a lot when you're in the financial services industry. Determination probably helps a lot no matter what industry you're in. But uh, I think I've only got a few seconds here left before we've got to take a commercial break. So if you'd like to call in, the number is 216-901-0945. You know what? I forgot I'm not here in, in the show live. but uh, So you can call me in my office, 330-664-0700. I always have my cell phone on, and I get my phone calls forwarded to that. So it's 330-664-0700. And um, when we come back, we're going to talk about further risk management techniques. Stay tuned. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on Listen to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. And now I hear we're also simulcasting on 1220, so that's pretty good. You could also pick it up there. That's a 50,000-watt signal, I think. And, uh, yeah, so you can pick that up pretty far away. So if you're out traveling around and uh, can't, you, you drive outside of the AM range of 1420, you might be able to pick it up on 1220. If you can't pick it up there, you can pick it up on the Fishes podcast, and you can also get it at my website, I, uh, and it's on iHeart uh, online, so you can pick it up as a podcast there. Also on Apple iTunes. The, uh, it's crazy. You know, technology is amazing. And that's another thing. I, I just like to, since I brought it up, I think I'll just spend a couple minutes talking about that. The technology, I mean, I, it is mind-boggling. Had you told me what we would be doing when I was in high school, I would have quietly excused myself and I would have went and called the mental health board <laughs> or my, my local to, to turn you in. <laughs> this is not happening. There's a crazy person in here. And uh, if you could tell me that I could hold up this flat piece of glass and steel and point it at something and actually see the pictures it was looking at on my wristwatch, I would be going, yeah. <laughs> we need to lock that person up quickly. <laughs> they think they've seen aliens. They they may have. They may think they've been abducted. Yeah, yeah. I'm really having a, a hard time speaking today. Anyway, so yeah, going forward, you know, this pandemic. One of the silver linings to the pandemic is that technology has gotten a big boost. They're using more of it quicker. They're rolling it out faster than they would have otherwise. And that's an amazing thing. That's a good thing. That's a good thing for everybody. 
I'm excited to see what kind of things come out, you know, two years, three years, four years. You're getting all these electric trucks gearing up right out of Lordstown. Boy, is that phenomenal. Can you imagine bringing that town back? The, uh, the good news about that is that, you know, that town was really old. Uh, it was kind of run down, which means that the property value is probably pretty cheap there right now. <laughs> and when all those jobs come back, you know, they're, uh, Honda and GM are building a battery plant there. I don't know if you knew that or not, but it's huge. In addition to producing electric vehicles, which they both worked on together. And uh, then you've got that uh, another truck company. There are two other truck companies that, that may be producing there. At least I think there are. might be just one. But anyway, long story short, this technology is what is enabling this. And that the technology that is used in hospitals so that doctors can have meetings with patients who are at home or too sick to come in. Do you realize what that will do for uh, preventing the spread of future diseases? I mean, when you when your doctors can see you, take your temperature, uh, ask you a bunch of questions, they're going to basically a lot of your TV screens in the future are going to be able to take your your vitals the same way. And and actually, you don't have to do that right now because I have an Apple Watch. And you can put the Apple Watch on, and it will send the heart rate right to uh, my phone, which can then be picked up on my charts. I don't know if you know what my charts is, but the uh, uh, it's amazing. I mean, these guys are going to be able to, to do all this stuff in faster, quicker, cheaper, hopefully. <laughs> Should be cheaper. Yeah, it's, you're eliminating a lot of costs by not having to go into the doctor's office. Anyway. It, there's always a silver lining to all this stuff. And I know, you know, a lot of people are extremely upset right now. You, not only do you have the pandemic, you've got a an election year. Um, people generally get really upset during an election year. They're not sure who's going to win. They're not sure what the policies are going to be. And I got to tell you, looking around, this is not the worst it's ever been. It's not even close. It's not even remotely close. And I, and I just wonder where people are. Are they not teaching this in school anymore? Do you not have history in the seventh grade where they talk about how the states were formed? You want to talk about a long shot, a, a, a ragtag group of colonies taking on the world's mightiest, na- mightiest Navy and Army in England and winning? <laughs> that was a long shot. Those were tough days. Those were extremely tough days. You know what else was tough? Yeah, a civil war. I mean, think about that for a second. That was really hard. We survived that. That was incredibly difficult. Then comes the First World War. Talk about nuts. Yeah, those guys, they used poisonous gas. It was was crazy. Yeah, unbelievable numbers of people died. And by the way, there was a pandemic during that time, too. We survived that as well. We survived a depression that ended up in another world war. And talk about brutal. You know, that Those were brutal conditions, brutal times. You know what? We made it through that too. And during all that, and that's what came after that is relatively minor. See, the thing is, nobody watches that stuff. Nobody reads about it. You know, what they... 
read about is whatever is coming around right now. And a lot of the multimedia companies understand that, so they're not really talking a lot about how other, when this happened in the past, what did we do? How did we get out of it? What kinds of things did we need to do? As a society, as a country, what did we do? And I'm looking around today and I'm comparing it to those times. I'm going, you know what? There's actually more cooperation today than there was then. Is there going to be conflict? Yes, we're still people. And you put a whole bunch of people together, there's going to be conflict. But they're also going to be able to work together. And when I look at how well things work, I'm just so amazed. I'm absolutely flabbergasted. And anytime I start getting down, I really like to take a short trip. Sometimes I'll just go to Nashville to see my brother who's a chiropractor there. By the way, he's over 300 pounds. He's 6'5", high school All-American, and uh, was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. He uh, injured his spine, took his bonus money, went to chiropractic school. (laughs) So he's a chiropractor. And I'll take a trip down to see him. And uh, I look down, and every time I look down, I look at all that infrastructure and how incredibly difficult that must have been to put all that stuff in place and to make sure that it works. And by the way, it still works. So I know you may not be able to afford a a plane trip. They're actually really cheap on uh, Southwest, by the way. <laughs> but the uh, uh, sometimes I just go fly down, stay at a hotel, and come back the next day <laughs> just to do it. It doesn't really cost a lot of money. So it hasn't in the past, anyway. But uh, never know about the future. Prices at some point in time may come up sharply, but for now, you can actually travel pretty far, pretty cheaply, and uh, just get out, just look around, look and see what's happening. I'm looking at my laptop right now. And uh, it's showing me this picture of a field in New Hampshire. This uh, New Hampshire town holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the most jack-o'-lanterns lit at once. 30,581. Lit at once. They may not sound like a, a, a major accomplishment to a lot of people. That's because they've never experienced lighting lighting (laughs) jack-o'-lanterns. I don't know what is wrong with my tongue today. They never experienced lighting jack-o'-lanterns with my kids. <laughs> I'm telling you, that was not easy. And there were only three <laughs> to uh, to do that with 30,581 people. And probably less people than that because everybody probably did more than one. Still, that's a major trick. A lot of coordination. And let's see. This is interesting, too. This comes up on Microsoft when you turn your computer on uh, the first screen. From cans of edible worms to tasty eyeballs and spider cupcakes, we have you covered for Halloween recipes. Those recipes sound really good if you're a kid. (laughs) A lot of sugar in there. Be careful. Yeah. Anyway, so I'll get back to our regular show topics. And uh, that's, what I again, what I really wanted to talk about, what I'm really going to focus on, because... Most of investing should be focused on this, and this is the amount of risk that you're taking. A a lot of people still don't realize what kind of risk they're taking, or they don't know. And that's where you have a problem. What are the risks with having an all-stock portfolio? Well, even if it's a diversified fund, 
you have an all-stock portfolio because you look at the super long-term track record and it and looks great. It's 10% a year. Okay. But how often did it go down 50% and how quickly did it make it back up again? See, the highest return typically has one of the higher risk levels. And if you were pulling money out, let's say you had a million dollars. And I'm using a million because the number is easy in my head. If I had a million dollars and I started investing and I went to the S&P 500 in November of 2007. And I thought, well, I could probably take out 5%, you know, 50,000 a year. That's on a million. I put it all in the S&P 500. Well, over the next, at, at the end of that year, let's say I took my, uh, or at the beginning of 2008, I took out my 50,000. And then I, at the beginning of 2009, I took out another 50,000. See, the problem is, the first year I took 50,000 out, it wasn't from a million. I started with a million in November 2007. And by September of 2000, uh, I took, took $50,000 out, so 950. And then it dropped about 25%. So by the end of 2008, I'm down about 25%. So I'm down to about somewhere around 690000 somewhere in that range. And then I take out another 50000 Now I'm at six forty, And it goes down another 25%. No, it didn't. That was the, uh, actually, that was the peak. Sorry, that was the bottom. But to go from a million down to 640, are you going to tell me that you're going to do that without being afraid? Without losing a little bit of sleep? Without wondering if you're going to run out of money? Because okay, I would be running, I, I would be wondering if I was going to run out of money. If I'd only taken out 100000 from a million bucks and I'm down to under, actually, I would be, I would be under 600000 I'd be under, well under 600000 Actually, I'd be under 500000 So I had a 50% correction, and I took out $100,000 over two years, basically 5% a year. So that's why these annuities are so important, because there's a you can guarantee a portion of your income. So it doesn't matter what the stock market does. That portion is guaranteed. Now, what's the right percentage? That depends on you. That depends on your financial situation. How much risk can you afford? Uh, that depends on how much you need the money. If you are really, really in need of the money, you may want to consider doing a little bit more in something like that. If you don't really need the money that badly, great. Then just do a little bit because it's going to beat the dog out of a less than 1% bond fund. You hear what I'm saying? When that's going to do a lot better than fixed income bond funds will over the next 10 years. And am I making a, a prognostication? Yes, I am. This is a, an educated guess. Over the next 10 years, I don't think bonds are going to have a return higher than 1%. Next 10 years, why do I say that? Well, no, $26 trillion worth of debt staring you right in the face. You raise interest rates by one one percent of two hundred sixty trillion. I'm sorry, twenty six trillion is two hundred sixty billion. That's amazing. That would be the third largest budget item on the federal budget. <laughs> I just can't. Maybe they will do that. I I just can't imagine that they would offer to pay that money. Not have that's just with the one percent increase in interest rates now. I know it doesn't work that way exactly because you got 30-year bonds, you got one-year bonds, you got five and 10-year bonds. 
the uh, uh, but you get my point. You start raising interest rates, it's going to cost hundreds of billions of dollars to the federal government, which means taxes are probably going to go up. And uh, that's a uh, so we don't want to hear about that stuff. <laughs> but those are the things you need to take into account when you're getting close to that retirement age. When you're getting above the age of fifty, this is really where you need to start paying attention. You can't afford a negative 10 or 12-year time period. That's happened more than once in my lifetime. So it's timing risk. Yeah, the stock market's great if you, if you have 50 years. Yeah, but if you don't, if you don't have 50 years, if you don't have minimally 20 years, okay, then you probably want to look at some other options that might give you a competitive return. Right now, bonds aren't going to do it. Uh, if you have a, a big pension, okay, that's different. If the pension's going to supply more than 60% of your the, the income that you need, and I know a lot of pensioners out there who save money off the pension, so they have more than they need just from their pension. But if you have a pension and it makes up a large percentage of your income, well, you know what? You can get in a portfolio that's mostly stocks and you don't have to worry about it. You can afford to wait it out because your monthly income's coming in not going to be affected by the value of your investments. That's awesome. By all means, invest 100% in stocks. we got great portfolios for that. We'll talk about the healthcare and semiconductor model uh, probably at another in another show, and I'll mention it a little bit more later in today's show. But the if you were in that kind of a position, that's great. If you're going to need every single dime, you might want to think of a couple alternative ideas that we'll cover when we come back from these commercial messages you're looking for you're listening to bill bullington <laughs> right here on 1420 stay tuned i'm a man who's feeling that fire and it's also clear when i'm standing here at the peak of my desire We're back. Hey, if you hear something and you'd like more information on it, feel free to go to my website, BullingtonCapital.com. Just reach out. And, and I would encourage you to fill out the question portion of the form there. I get a lot of people that that uh, put their email and, you know, some of them will even put their phone number on there, but they don't tell me what they'd like to know. So it makes it uh, very difficult to uh, follow up intelligently <laughs> if I don't know what you're asking about. So, but, and I will uh, try to get back to you. I'll, I'll even call you. So, you know what I did during the commercial break? I reset, you know, this uh, website. This is from Nationwide, and it shows you what kind of income you might be able to get using that product that we were talking about. And this time I chose a 77-year-old uh, who has, is going to invest 100000 bucks. See, as you get older, your life expectancy is a little shorter. So you're going to get a, a higher guarantee. So a 77-year-old that's going to start taking money out in 12 months would actually, at this point, this day and age, today, uh, this could change tomorrow, by the way, but as far as today goes, will get $7,674 a year in income guaranteed for their lifetime, even if they lived long after, after their money went away. That, that, that's a pretty good return. That's an awesome return. That's somebody who's 78 years old. So, and I believe you can go 
Um, you can invest up to age 80, so that that's a good thing. So if you'd like more information on that, you know, just feel free. And like I said, it there's no one size fits all for this. It, you may like it a lot, and it, it may not be the right product for you. I, I wouldn't know until I talk to you and ask you some questions. What are you trying to do? How, how much income do you have today? Do you really need more income? Um, you know, there's a lot of people who don't. There are an awful lot of people who have so much pension income that they're saving money off their pensions and uh, not spending everything they get from that. So if you're one of those lucky people, this may not be the right product for you. If if your goal is to leave more money to your kids, this would definitely, you'd, well, you'd actually have to add a rider to it. You know, you, you could turn it into something like that. I want to have something for my grandkids. You know, you can add riders to it so they have minimum guaranteed growth rates on the cash. So, and they are very competitive. They're not as high as the uh, distribution rates, but they're very competitive. Now, those change. Like I said, all this stuff over time changes. You know, when they get ready to roll out, when they've had it, when they've taken on all the risks that they're going to take on with this particular portion of their business, they'll actually stop selling this product, go back to the drawing board, and come up with another one based on whatever the current economic environment is like. And that, those are parts of the reasons, if you go back to the earlier part of the show, one of the reasons I stopped using these off and on during my career is the economy changed, the guarantees changed, the fees and expenses changed, and they became not quite as competitive. And then it changed again. And so now they're competitive again. And that's my opinion anyway. So... Feel free to call and ask about that at any time. I think it makes a tremendous amount of sense. And here's something that I, I did kind of want to get out today, and then we'll talk about individual stocks for a second here. But the um, I was thinking about this, and this is kind of what I did. Uh, I'm, I put some money in so that, and I know I'll, by the time I get to full Social Security age, I expect it to be 70 or 72. So I'm going to have to take money out of this Uh well, actually, it'll it'll continue to guarantee to grow because of my life expectancy. But anyway, for 10 years, I get that, that guarantee that the income benefit's going to go up by 7% a year. That's awesome. I like it. Uh, if it doesn't go up fast enough, I'll just start taking the income and I'll reinvest it. That's pretty cool, I think. Anyway, that was my own thought that didn't come from the company. Um, and I just uh, did it again. Lost my whole train of thought. <laughs> so... If we're going to take uh, that kind of approach, that I think that that really makes a lot of sense. You don't, may not need the money now, but you want it to. You want to turn it on somewhere over the next ten years. The uh, that would be a good time to do something like that. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. So, for a portion of the fixed income portfolio in your portfolio, in your overall portfolio, you've got hopefully you've got fixed income. Those that would be things like bonds, CDs, fixed annuities, things that have fixed you know guarantees to them. Uh, and then you have the stock portion, then you have cash. Real assets, by the way, I find most people in America are overweight in real assets because of the value of their house. So if you own a home, you probably have, you're probably overweighted in real assets. The real assets are things that you can touch. You can touch your house, you can touch your yard. It's got a value. It's added to your, you know, your whole estate value. And most people are overweighted in real, real assets because of the value of their homes. So not always, but it happens quite a bit. So anyway, I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, back to my original point was if you look at the fixed portion 
and you look at the traditional fixed income, I, it cracks me up when I hear these guys talking about the giant interest rates that they're able to pay, and they're talking about 1%. That, that's giant, by the way. And today, it is giant because interest rates are so low. So here's what I was thinking. Here's a good idea for you. So average portfolio is 65-35, I think if you're a, a traditional portfolio, you, you don't have these fixed products. You're just using bonds, CDs, bond funds, those types of things. I think you need to be 70-30 if you plan on making any money over the next 10 years. Because if you've got 40% of your money in bonds at a half of a percent, your portfolio is going to struggle. So here's one potential solution to that struggle. You take two-thirds or half of the bond money. So if you're 35%, you take just two-thirds of that. And I'm, just, I'm not doing the actual math here, but let's say you take 20% of it, you put it in the uh, fixed index product. That's going to guarantee the income. That's what you're going to use it for eventually anyway. Okay. So now you've got, out of the 35% you would have had, you've got 20% over in the fixed part. You've got 15 left into traditional. I use, basically, I use exchange-traded funds and invest in bonds. If you want to know what they are, you know, drop me a line. I'll shoot you over a little quick note, show you what they are. And then I use these portfolios that I put together. You know, we try to assemble them. We, you know, everybody's got, everybody's portfolio is best, by the way, <laughs> in the industry. I use the uh, semiconductor health healthcare sectors. I'm overweight right now in a lot of them. It's, it's not something that we do lightly that we have to actually have to run through that with our clients before we actually use it. Uh, but the regular portfolios like the, the diversified, large cap, mid cap, small cap, dividend paying stocks, international emerging markets, those are very small amounts. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a more traditional but institutional type of portfolio that we would recommend. So that portion would make up, if, if I just left it, let's say I was a 65-35 and I took 20% and I put it over in the nationwide product. I got 15% in regular fixed income. And then I've got what used to be 65% in stock. But if you take 65, add it to 15, that's 70, right? Because right? I got the other 20, the other 20 is over in, at uh, Nationwide right now. So if I take the 65 plus the 15 that I left in traditional bonds, that's actually 80. Um, so I got, yeah, I got 20% Nationwide, 80% there. But this is what's really unique about this. So now I've got 80% and only uh, 15% of that, 15 divided by 80, whoops. I got 12.5% of the money that I left behind in bonds. And hang on a second. No, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I should have had this worked out. I really apologize for this. It's actually 23%. So I've got in the portfolio that I left behind in my brokerage account that I don't have in the annuity, the bonds only make up 23% of that. The stocks make up the other percentage of it, 77. So a, that portfolio is going to look a lot better. The performance is going to look a lot better. And by the way, it is going to be better because the nationwide is going to have 
the fixed returns that are significantly higher than the bonds would have had. And now the money that's left in the brokerage account has a, a smaller percentage of the total in bonds. And that is a pro that will have a profound effect on your psyche. I'm going to have to wait until the next show to explain that or to the next seminar. I can't wait until I, until I can do another seminar because this is really a nice model. I, I, I just came up with this. It just dawned on me. I've been doing it without thinking of it in these terms. And uh, anyway, 95% of investing is actually mental and 5% of it's knowledge. I can give you the 5% knowledge. I can't give you the mental part. I can help you with that. I can explain. And uh, when you're very nervous, if you call, I'll go back and remind you of all the things that you already knew, but just needed somebody to remind you about. It's kind of like a uh, professional tennis coach or a golf coach. Now, there's no tennis player that, that doesn't know, uh, you know what to do. It's just that in the heat of the moment, sometimes when your emotions are, are playing tricks on you, you forget to do a lot of the, the basics, the fundamentals as you should do. And that's why the, you'll see the coaches giving them signals. Hey, you broke your elbow on that last return. And they're like, oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So that's basically what I do is I just coach that. And I just realized I, I have two minutes left and I really didn't get to the stocks. I'll have to uh, cover that more in, in detail when we get back. I will tell you this. Bed Bath & Beyond got an awesome looking stock chart. Stock chart looks great. The price to sales ratio is 0.15. Anybody that's ever been to the Bull, uh, Lookout for the Bull website will recognize that. And uh, it looks good. So the stock was at 20 bucks. It was at $4 in April. 4 bucks in April. Now it's at 20 bucks. And by the way, in 2015, let's see where it was. It was 80 bucks. It was $80. And now it's at 20 and it looks like it's uh, on its way back up again. Now, don't go running out and buy that. Don't buy and hold it. If you were to buy that stock, you'd, you'd go read those rules on the 1%. The 1% rule on the Lookout for the Bull website. This is one of those stocks that's moving up really fast right now. And those, I like to call them screamers. Why? Because when you're going up, you're screaming. When you're going down, you're screaming. It's like a roller coaster. <laughs> so, uh Remember, 1% rule, put your stop on that stock. This is one of those, this stock has been flying, okay? Uh, and which means, you know, it can fly in both directions. And this is a, uh, it just happens to have some fairly decent fundamentals, I think. See, this is one of those retail stores where the gross profit margins aren't always that high, and they have to do a lot of volume, and I'm sure the pandemic has had a big impact on them, and a lot of people may have never come back. But anyway, I hear the music. That means my show's over. Hey, you're listening to Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. If you want to learn more about me, go to my website, bullingtoncapital.com. Have a good week, everybody. Good luck and good investing. just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. 
800-800-0700 or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.